everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88 right across Australia. Positively, positively, yeah. <laughs> positively different radio. <laughs> there it is. Lyle and Nick. And you are listening to our delayed broadcast. What's with that? Something new. All right. What's happened? So what's happened? Yesterday for the very first time mm-hmm. over selected stations across Australia, uh, we went live and in those locations where we can't go live, we are giving you the delayed broadcast. So it's still great information coming up. Absolutely. And uh, some amazing programming. And you, you can expect... Enjoy. Oh, sorry. You keep going. However, right. if you really do want to listen to the live program yes. and get the whole live experience and make phone calls and talk to us on air and all that kind of stuff, then, and if it's not available in your particular area, then of course you can listen to us online mm-hmm. at faithfm.com.au or oh, you can do it on your phone, your um, tablet, whatever. Grab the TuneIn app, make sure you get the free version and just look for Faith FM Australia. Yeah, and it's it's been a wonderful experience, so I'm glad... Um, that you're here this morning and I know that you will enjoy the live experience as well. You'll find throughout the program today that we make quite a lot of references to um, Valentine's Day because it, it was yesterday. Was That's Valentine's right. You Day. can't really miss that and one, we, that one can you? No. And just we could not, could not just ignore it. So you might hear that those references, but um, just bear with us for today. Yeah, do you use that as a reminder to go and listen to us online? Well, because some of you may have forgotten it was yesterday and do something with it. <laughs> What's, so we're coming up today. Points. Okay, so we've got a great interview with mm-hmm. David Storjic coming up. We're talking about uh, some current affairs. Of course, a new part of having the live live segment is we get to have the news um, we have um, uh, encounter with God segments encounter with God we'll state of the dead what happens yes. to you when you die does your spirit float up in heaven or uh, are you really like dead dead as in nothing happens I don't know let's find we, out we thought we'd do something positive for breakfast you know, talk about death <laughs> Well, there is a bit course, of hope in all that. Come um, on. We've got a quiz. We've got some yes. questions you can answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some questions we're going to answer. And we have Love Matters with Neil Thompson. So that's our day coming up. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Faith of M, Nick and Lyle. Do you play the trumpet, trombone, flute, clarinet, or any other brass or woodwind instrument? The Adelaide Advent Band is a concert band for brass and woodwind musicians who like playing gospel music, as well as a variety of secular and Christmas music. If you're looking for a way to use your musical talents, or even if you want to learn from scratch, we'd love you to join us. Rehearsals are held at Trinity Gardens each Tuesday at 7.30pm. And for further inquiries, call John on 0427 032 901. That's 0427 032 901. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Your grace 
Carly Fletcher. No, that was not Carly Fletcher. That was <laughs> City of Light, and we were listening to Grace. Beautiful. I saw that it didn't really sound like Carly, Carly <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she teamed up with the team. I don't know. <laughs> uh, just reading off the top line there, and the, read, uh, the wrong place with that. My excuse is I have an excuse. Okay, I'm listening. What's your excuse? My excuse is this is a new piece of software. <laughs> Yeah, we'll forgive yeah, him. We'll to, forgive you this to, time. But, bro, honestly, if you were listening to this song, I don't know how you could <laughs> <laughs> that was Carly. <laughs> uh, hey, all good. Hey, so we're talking about this morning. I know you had okay, some so things in your mind you want to yes, discuss. I want to talk about fetal alcohol syndrome this morning. Oh, okay. So we got so some Please research, explain. Like, what, what's that? coming out on the news this uh-huh. morning about the rate of fetal alcohol syndrome in the Fitzroy Valley. Right. In Western Australia, yes. in which they have a situation where one in eight children are suffering from fetal alcohol syndrome. Now, that is a just an astounding statistic, and it is the highest rate of fetal alcohol syndrome found anywhere in the world. Back up a little. What, what does that actually mean? Okay, so fe- fetal alcohol syndrome is basically um, damage that happens to a child. It can be both mm-hmm. physical, uh, mental, and, uh, of course, that then transfers into emotional damage. Right. Um, that is caused but when the mother drinks alcohol during pregnancy. Okay. So alcohol is an inherently dangerous product. It's an addictive drug. Mm-hmm. It's um, highly carcinogenic. And, of course, in pregnancy, it's even more dangerous again. And then, of course, here in Australia, which is, you know, we're a, we're a developed country, we're a, we're a Western country, mm-hmm. we should know better than this and we should be doing something to solve this particular problem. And yet we have areas of our country that are the highest anywhere in the world. Yes, that's quite interesting, Lyle. Why do you think people don't see it the same way? 
I mean, we, we like you said, we're a developed country, which, so therefore we're quite intelligent, mm. um, promote schooling from a very young age, and people go all the way to university and some become doctors. And a lot of intelligent people in this, in this country. And yet, they don't see it that way, Lyle. Why do they and, still drink? And what, it seems to be, what it seems to be is that uh, the, this issue is something that is restricted to certain locations within Australia. It's not Australia-wide. Okay. And it seems that some of these locations have a lower level of education on... What fetal alcohol syndrome does, they did uh, interviews there and found that around about half of the women had no idea that it was um, actually damaging to the children to be drinking, uh, for them to be drinking alcohol while pregnant. And so, yeah, 55% uh, of uh, mothers had used alcohol during their pregnancy and most of them had no idea that this was a problem. Wow. And so basic education, basic health education is not getting through to all of our communities here in Australia. Okay. Well, it seems quite obvious what needs to be done then, hey. But do you think people will actually receive it that easily? I mean, it's, isn't it a bit of an addiction, this, this alcohol? Yeah, and this, is, and this is an important issue because, you know, I, I often have, uh, you know, from a, from a Christian perspective, I mm-hmm. have people who come to me and say, well, you know, we should be drinking in moderation. And the question that goes through my mind is this. Mm. This is an addictive drug. Right. Let's, let's not, let's not bitter oh, wait, the you're bush. calling it a drug. Is it really a this drug? This is an addictive, mind-altering drug. That simple. Are you sure it's a drug? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So this is an addictive, mind-altering drug. We'll just have to check him out about that later on. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Skeptic over here. I'm just just saying. All right, so I'm listening. What are you saying? (laughs) Go on. Um, It is a recreational drug. Right. Uh, And, of course, it is a legal drug Mm -hmm. that if you were to try and legalize it today under today's legislation, you would never be able to legalize this as a recreational drug. Right. Um, But because it's been around forever, it brings uh, in a lot of money. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Seem to be part of the culture, right? Grab a beer and whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, if we followed what the Bible said, we would not have this problem. You know that? What is the Bible? Fetal alcohol syndrome would not exist. And uh, so, yeah, this is a rather um, rather blunt passage here for you. Okay. From 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is Paul. He's not beating around the bush. And he lists off a whole bunch of issues right here. Yeah. And beginning in verse 9, he says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, who worship idols, who commit adultery or male prostitution or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or uh, drunkards or are abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. What? <laughs> That's a pretty Come strong on now. statement. So someone who drinks alcohol will not have heaven. Is that what you're saying? Okay, Let's I'm just not be clear here because this is, no. this is uh, all right. Cause it doesn't sound right to me. Okay, what it does say All right. is that somebody who is living in this kind of a sin, who knows mm-hmm. that it's sin, because we've got to okay. put it in the context with the rest of the Bible. Yeah, cool. Okay? The Bible says the times of our ignorance God turns a blind eye to. Right. That's an important principle. Good call. But when we know that it is wrong, mm-hmm. when, we've, when God has pointed out to us and said, don't touch this stuff, yeah. it's going to cause you to lose out on your salvation. And why does God say this? Because God loves us and he cares for us and he wants what is best for us. Yes. When we know that it's wrong, don't go anywhere near it. And we go against God's will. This is the sin. That's the problem. This is rejecting the light given to you, therefore. Yes, it is rejecting. Well, I guess if you're rejecting the light given to you here on earth, I mean, you're not going to want to be in heaven, let's be honest. Yeah. And, and there's some really good reasons as to why God says this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just uh, looking at a few other stats, you know, there are 2.5 million alcohol-related deaths per year. Wow. Worldwide. So yeah. that's like over half the population of Sydney right there that's is sad. killed by alcohol every year. Hmm. Um, it is the third largest risk factor for all diseases worldwide and number two in Europe, number one in the Western Pacific and the Americas. Yeah. That's, 
disease. You know, I, I, you hear these young people like, oh, yeah, it's good for your health. Watch on well, Buzz, yeah, I mean, Buzz some, feed, some doctors know? say that a little bit of yeah. wine a day is good yeah, yeah. for the heart or something, the blood. What? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it helps your stomach um, because you don't get to live long enough to die of stomach disease because you, um, <laughs> your liver kills you first. Um, the Australian National <laughs> Health and Medical Research Council yes. associates alcohol with a range of diseases that may cause death and negative effects mm-hmm. that reduce quality of life. These include cardiovascular disease, cancer, obesity, liver... Uh, Don't disease, do it. Mental health conditions, long-term cognitive brain impairment. And between 94 and 2001, more than half a million people were admitted to hospital in cases across Australia associated with alcohol. So this is a serious problem. I could go on and on, on, on here all day with So this is a matter stats. of education. So here it is, guys. Hope you've been educated this morning. Yeah. Um, if God is speaking to you and telling you to stop it, let it go, trust him. He knows what's best for you. That's right. And that's why he says it. I love it. It's his whole purpose, his whole motivation in putting these strong things in the Bible yeah. is his love for us. Awesome. Hey, Lyle, do you know time, who's coming up now? Yes, we're going to listen <laughs> to Carly Fletcher. Teach us to number our days. We do not know. i 
That was actually Carly Fletcher. Like, it was for real. <laughs> we got it right this time. <laughs> Put Nick in charge and uh, we'll be in fine shape. Sorry, man. I'm just going to keep yeah. picking on you. Okay, so Nick, you know yeah, what mate. day it is today? Valentine's Day. I know. We got it. You told us. Yeah. Well, I will not forget to buy do, my wife do, flowers. Do you know, do you know what, what else it is today? It is Wednesday, the 14th of February, 7.23 a.m. Okay, so Nick's on the ball this yeah. morning. Good to know you're on the ball at this hour of the morning. <laughs> All right, tell yeah, us. You're dying to tell What else? What okay, have I missed? It is, it is uh-huh. Shrove Tuesday. Shrove Tuesday. Shrove Tuesday. Yeah, okay. I can't so believe you did not know this. This is oh such important boy. information right here, and you have completely <laughs> missed the fact that it is Shrove Tuesday. Yeah, I'm looking at the rest of the team in the studio, and they're all looking at me like, with what? <laughs> okay, please help us, brother. What is okay, Shrove so, so Tuesday? Many, many people in Western Christianity, it is actually an important day. Tell us. Um, this is the last day of um, celebration, otherwise known as the last day of gorging before Lent. Right. So it's a movable festival because mm-hmm. as uh, um, as Easter moves with the cycle of the moon, mm-hmm. so then the 40 days of fasting in the lead up to Easter also moves with the cycle of the moon. Mm-hmm. And so therefore Shrove Tuesday also moves with the cycle of the moon. So right. this year Shrove Tuesday mm-hmm. has landed on Valentine's Day. Excellent. So you can all go and gorge yourself on Valentine's Day. So except, this is where except we, for you, Nick. Uh, for you. No, no, because I'm, I'm on a diet. Yes. Right. So what happens on this day normally, Lyle? People just get together and start celebrating and have feasts. and. Yeah, it, it varies. It varies right, from, right. Uh, from one tradition to mm-hmm. another. So there are a, a number of traditions in which this is a day of confession of sins. Yep. And preparation, spiritual preparation for Lent. Right. Um, in other traditions, it's a time of uh, celebration and actually literally going out and gorging yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking this day. <laughs> All I'm hearing is food and having fun. That's great. Because uh, it's the last fun you're going to have for the next 40 days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, of course, it's associated with Mardi Gras yep. in uh, some places and Carnival in others. Oh, okay. And so Interesting. the whole Carnival ce- celebration comes in. It's mm-hmm. before Lent. Everyone wants to have a good time before they become very austere. And uh, get rid of a very, very bad thing during Lent. I see. Yeah, so fascinating, uh, fascinating number of facts there in relationship. Oh, it's also known as Pancake Day. Really? Yes, in some today. in some traditions. Huh. Today is the day that you eat pancakes. Right. Makes total sense. Do you want to know the history <laughs> behind all this? Uh, okay, I'm dying to know, okay, actually. So <laughs> well, I'm so the, everyone else. The history behind this us. actually goes back a long way. It will surprise you. Wait, the making of pancakes or? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's uh, like interesting facts know. about pancakes. I really have no idea. But the sure. whole concept of Lent, Easter, mm-hmm. and so forth. If you go back to the very first Babylonian empire that was founded not long after the time of Noah, mm-hmm. you'll find this um, in Genesis chapter 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find a fellow by the name of Nimrod founded this empire and built a tower there, a very fa- famous tower in Babylon called the Tower of Babel. Right. He was in rebellion against God. He was in open defiance of God because he wasn't in a position where people are today, you know, 4,000 years later, it's like, yeah, I don't think God exists. He could see firsthand and, and talk to eyewitness accounts of the flood, etc. So he builds this tower as, in many ways as a, a way of surviving his rebellion. You know, if God floods the place, we've got a tower, we're good. Right. So he's really bold-faced, right? Yeah. Um, very evil man, um, creates warfare in the world, is eventually killed because of his evil deeds. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife, Ishtar, comes to the throne. She wants to maintain the power. She claims that her husband, uh, Nimrod, has ascended to the sun. Mm. And the ancients saw the sun as being a, the most uh, powerful, powerful element in mm. the universe. And so she's associated Nimrod with the sun. He's like, okay, Nimrod continues to rule from the sun. Right. Well, sometime later, 
she's found to be pregnant. The problem is that she is a single woman now. Mm. And it's a little bit too much sometime later after Nimrod has died. Mm. And so the question is asked, well, how did you come to be pregnant? And she's like, mm, um, immaculate conception. There you go. And, of course, she gives birth to a son by the name of Tammuz. Now, Tammuz, as a young man, is killed in a hunting accident. Uh, by the way, Tammuz was b- born on December 25, just in case you're wondering. Interesting. <laughs> Look at that. Absolutely. Wow. This is some fascinating history for you here. Okay. Um, of course, that's become a Christian celebration these days as well. Yeah, that's right. right. He, you know he's that born on Christmas. December 25. Yep. He dies in a hunting accident, mm. and his mother mourns for him. Now, her mourning was brought to an end by her annual festival. Yep. She had chosen the cycle of the moon because it's a monthly cycle to associate her festival with. And her annual festival was on the first full moon after the spring equinox, otherwise known today as Easter festival, coming from Ishtar. Wow. Ishtar, Isis. All of these Nostra, important celebrations Ashtar, are coming from this Ishtar woman. Yeah, yeah. That, Man just, alive. Uh, I was just wondering. And of course, oh, keep going. Of course yes. after all this, yes. 40 days of mourning <laughs> leading up to Ishtar's festival, she made that an annual part of it as well. Yes. And when it was all Christianized, it became Christa, uh, Christmas. Lent and Easter. No way. That is incredible. That's so fascinating. I love the fact that you knew all this top of your head. He's not re- reading anything, by the way, guys. <laughs> this is all in his mind. I just That's love brilliant. history. brilliant. I love I'm history. just wondering, you know, when Tummit was born. Yes. Um, and what, didn't like anyone try to work out dad? Like, I mean, he would have looked like somebody, surely. I'm sure Imagine that there like were a few <laughs> people who scratched their heads and you know, the guys walk around, you, know you look exactly like that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably would have killed him. Hey, just another interesting fact, probably not as exciting as yours, but um, uh, pancakes came from ancient Greece and Rome. Oh, there you go. There you go. Maybe the maybe the reason that they're round is because they're in celebration of the sun. Who knows? Actually, you start you're, a whole conspiracy theory. You're, you're based actually on this one. right. That's, that's why they put it together. Actually, you're spot on. Uh, you're a clever you're, you're guy. Looking, you're looking this. I up. am. I'm looking <laughs> it up <laughs> as we're talking. How do you know this stuff? <laughs> uh, no, fantastic. Well, it sort of. Well, it sort of goes together because you know there's um, uh, in, in, in the in the Roman Catholic Mass you use a round wafer, mm-hmm. and that originated um, with the worship of Mithra. Right. Um, and it symbolizes the circle of the sun. Yeah. And um, eating the God to take into you the power of the God. And of course, the Bible teaches that we receive the power of God by giving our lives to Him, yeah. not by eating Him. You can't yeah. do something physical. This is a spiritual experience with God where we actually give our lives to God and, um, you know, surrender ourselves to Him. And so, Shrove Tuesday. There it is. Um, just in case you thought it was just about it. eating and, and partying, it's more involved than that, actually. And if you want to make it a day of making yourself right with God, there's yeah. probably not much better thing you can do than that today. I love it. But I would recommend yep. you do that every day. Yes. Not just on Shrove Tuesday. Hey, guys, you're linked to Faith FM with Lila Nick. It's 7.29. Stay tuned. Here's Jaden uh, Lavic with I Need Thee. Right back after this.
back to Faith FM and a big welcome to Pastor David Stoichich. It's wonderful to have you with us again, David. Fantastic to be here. <laughs> and I love to be here with uh, you. It's always good having you in. So last time you were on the program, you discussed the topic of depression. Yep. More precisely, what people refer to as circumstantial or reactive depression that, according to Relationships Australia, reports um, that that actually spikes around Christmas and New Year time. So based on the research that you shared last time, it seems that most uh, the most vulnerable age group is either young or old people. So, twenty percent of the age of by the age of eighteen, which is rather surprising. You know, you'd think young people would be looking for the you know good stuff in life. And <laughs> yeah. oh wow, yes. Yes. <laughs> but then again, you know, it's on the other end of the spectrum where people who are in aged care, are, you know, report a high rate of depression as well, around thirty five. Um, percent or thereabouts. That's right. So that's a rather depressing statistic to start <laughs> the morning with, but unfortunately, there is a lot of help available. And you've mentioned a few things that we can do um, here in our community in the Newcastle region, particularly. Can you briefly remind us about what 4D Living, which is the lifestyle health clinic, um, what can offer the uh, members of the community in terms of help? Thank you, Adele. I I, um, I love to answer that question, and um, so. For the Living was established to promote holistic health, a health that takes into consideration the physical, mental, emotional, social, relational, mm. and spiritual aspect uh, of our health. I am not a medical doctor. I'm a qualified counselor and a minister, a pastor. I'm particularly interested, though, in the, in the latest research on the impact of spirituality on our health. Mm. And all the programs we run integrate spirituality. Uh, when I say spirituality, I particularly mean here the biblical version of that so spirituality. Christianity, not Christianity. sort of a nebulous concept. <laughs> That's right. Mm. In the model of health uh, we promote. So, for example, in two weeks' time, we are starting uh, with our depression and anxiety recovery program mm. uh, at Waterbrook Community Center uh, here in Newcastle. Uh, the program was developed, um, as you would know, by mm. Dr. Neil Nedley uh, of the Nedley Health Solutions. And we clearly tell our attendees that one of the reasons why this program is so successful is because it takes into consideration um, our body, our mind, and our spirit. So the spiritual side of our being mm. is integrated into that um, that uh, Very model. holistic approach. That's right. Mm. So, so we also remind the people and that the AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, was and is successful because it specifically includes the faith in God. Mm. Now, we do not push our faith 
or on anybody. But uh, we tell people uh, to try and explore things for themselves and let them know what difference uh, biblical spirituality makes in their lives. So our listeners uh, can, if they want to know a bit more about, uh, say, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. recovery program that we're going to be running uh, starting on 12th of um, February, they can call me on 0412-851-310 or they can email us uh, on info at number four, theliving.org.au or they can call already here. So 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's right. Well, thank you for that, David. That's very helpful. And hopefully there are people who will contact you or us and register for the program. For the listeners who live in other parts of the country, um, you can contact us and find out where there might be depression recovery programs being offered in your local area. It's worth mentioning that the trained people offering this program in Australia-wide and even worldwide, um, many Adventist churches have adopted this program and run it through their volunteer network as community service. So what other programs do you run, David? Okay, so so for the Living Lifestyle Health Clinic runs programs that address some of the biggest issues that affect our society. Apart from depression and anxiety recovery program that we've just mentioned, we run Diabetic Health Clinic. You see... Uh, um, with, with depression, uh, we, we mentioned last time that on average about one in six people suffers uh, from depression. Mm. It's uh, known as the common call of the, of the, of the mental health. Uh, you I know, can see why <laughs> with those right. statistics. Huge. And, mm. and the first cause of disability, mm. first cause of disability in our country and even worldwide. Mm. And so, so we tackle that issue. We try to educate people and help people with the right advice, support groups and so on and so on. Apart from depression and anxiety recovery program, we run diabetic health clinic that helps people gain control and uh, over their um, sugar levels, you know, oh, uh, type two diabetes. Mm. And in some instances, people who go through these programs actually manage to reverse uh, their their uh, type two uh, diabetes. Mm. Uh, we also la- run a longevity lifestyle program that teaches people how to live long with the best quality of life. Now, that program too, you know, uh, is, was developed by a, a brain specialist, mm. Dr. Arlene Taylor. It's a 12-week program, just like the Diabetic Health Clinic. Uh, it's like about a cycle of, of 12 weeks. Mm. If somebody wants to, to undergo a life, lifestyle make change. Or break a habit. That's mm. right. So basically about 12 weeks is, mm. is, you know, once a week we run it, or twice a week sometimes. Mm. But it's about a 12-week program. We also run schools of cooking. Uh, when we teach people to change their lifestyle, uh, it is very, very important that we give them some tools how mm. they can actually change it. So apart from giving them the right information for their way of practical thinking, too. we actually mm. that's right. We need to give them uh, some some practical ways, uh, demonstrate to them how to prepare delicious plant-based diet uh, and food, mm. and and so that's that goes down really well in the community. Okay. And in, in, as a matter of fact, we just ran one last uh, well, last night, mm. uh, yesterday afternoon, and we had about just over 30 people attending, oh, that's really very good. enthusiastic mm. people wanting to learn that. And then we also run various support groups, uh, you know, for diabetes, for mental health. Uh, we also run, by popular demand, we, we run seminars on forgiveness. Uh, we, we, we run spiritual intelligence seminars and workshops and, and we do one, one-on-one counseling and coaching. 
which is a lot to offer. And I think, you know, probably be good to look at every single one of these areas of help you that's, offer individually. That's right. But just before we started um, talking on air, you were telling me about a current program that you're running, which is called Forgive to Live. And that's a seminar for the public. Can you tell us a little bit about the program and how it can help people in the community? Absolutely. I was very, very pleased that actually we put that on social media and people from the community are are, are responding. Mm. Uh, it's actually quite... The, scary sometimes for people to come and the say well look, I, need, I need to learn how to to forgive mm. uh, but people do come and and uh, so over the years of offering various community-based programs that I mentioned just a while ago I have found out that most people actually struggle with forgiveness either forgiving to somebody else uh, for something that they have done to them mm. or sometimes being humans uh, we, we, <laughs> we actually do the dam- damage and and Sometimes that's even more difficult to deal yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Forgiving yourself can be a big that's challenge. Right. Mm. So, so to for, uh, the Forgive to Live seminar was developed by Dr. Dick Tibbetts, mm-hmm. and and it helps the participants in a very practical way to understand what unforgiveness does to us, um, to every aspect of our health. It does harm to our mental health, to our physical health to our social health, mm. how we relate to people, um, to our spirituality. Oh, very it creates much us so. into, into bitter, par- you know, spiritually paralyzed people. Mm. And so the seminar also teaches people what uh, they can do uh, to, to, to get relief uh, from, from that uh, you know, state of unforgiveness. And to so move, how to move on. How to mm. let go, that's right. So how does the seminar work and what's the usual format for the program that you Okay, run? well, that's, that's, that's a good question. I believe it may be useful to, to our, um, our listeners uh, because we'll be running this seminar you know, repeatedly. Mm. So it's a six-week, so a six-session program uh, with each session running be- between one and a half hours and two hours. Uh, we do it once a week at this stage. The seminar, seminar is a combination of a video presentation by Dr. Dick Tibbetts, the author, and Dr. Marcia William, the co-presenter. And each session also features an amazing story of forgiveness where somebody was healed of their mental and emotional pain mm. by choosing to forgive. And we have a facilitator, actually, who facilitates after people are exposed to the information, uh, discussion, discussion, and, and so on and so on. Mm. Okay, and so I guess, you know, you'd have a lot of really interesting questions that would come up from that and the participants would, you know, reflect on things and engage on stuff and share their insights. I, I believe the questions, mm. Adele, are probably in, 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 in that group work mm. uh, are most important aspects, uh, you know, of, of, of that because people can reflect on them. Well, we're going to have to explore some of those questions in a bit after we listen to this track. You're here on Faith FM. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns, all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king. Through all eternity
inside Rich wounds yet visible above In beauty glorified No angel in the sky Can fully bear that sight But downward bends his burning eye At mystery so Faith FM. We've just got Pastor David Stoichich in the studio with us this morning, and we've been talking about his pro or the program that he's running with 4D Living at the moment called Forgive to Live. That's right. And so, just before we listen to that song, you mentioned that um, it's a really good opportunity for participants in the program to discuss and talk about their thoughts and feelings and experiences and that kind of thing with forgiveness that's or right. issues they're finding difficult. That, uh, that's correct. Mm. You know, and it takes some some courage and some wisdom to talk about these kind of things mm. and therefore we advise people and we say look uh, what happens in our discussion room is confidential mm. uh, if you feel comfortable sharing uh, share um, uh, generally or share specifically but we all are committed to basically protecting the mm. you know the, the um, privacy and confidentiality which is very people. important I think That's you right. know people need to have that security and nobody's actually really uh, really put under any pressure mm. to share. Uh, but there are some 
very, very important questions that people can reflect mm. on and so on. So one of those questions, I'm assuming, would be what is it that makes it so difficult for some people to, di- to forgive others? That's correct. What, what, <laughs> what can we do to get past that? And that that's, that's, look, uh, Adele, as, as I mentioned, um, the right questions. If people go to, to a counsellor or a, a minister or a, or a psychologist, uh, the right or doctor, the right questions really empower people That's because true. that causes them to reflect on their own life and and uh, and uh, actually make the choices for themselves. So, what makes it difficult for people to forgive? Uh, well, number one, uh, uh, you know, it's it's our expectations. Hmm. Uh, we we have uh, uh, and misunderstandings, you know, about what forgiveness is. Mm. So, for instance, um, when it comes to our expectations, when something happened, bad happened, or some hurt or harm happened to us and we are upset about it, you know, uh, we hope sometimes that the offender will apologize, Mm. that they'll make restitution for it, Uh, you know, that they'll, you know, if there was a damage to to, to us, there'll be apology, but also some sort of a uh, tangible restitution. Mm. Or um, uh, that, that person will show some remorse or care about our happiness. Uh, if this is our expectations, may I say... Probably be disappointed. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we need to adjust our expectations mm. for a number of reasons because forgiveness is, and I'll spill the beans now, mm. even though this is the, a topic we're going to discuss, forgiveness is not about them. It's about Even us. though it will benefit them too. Mm. But at the end of the day, forgiveness is about letting ourselves of that hook. Mm. You know, so, so expectations... Then the, the, the misunderstandings about forgiveness. Uh, people may ask themselves, why should I forgive? Mm. I didn't do anything. Or the other uh, should be punished, you know, because they deserve it. Why should I let the other people off the hook? Mm. And, and so we have to understand, we educate people, and the seminar actually educates people that what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Uh, so forgiveness is not, for instance, um, uh, forgetting. <laughs> Some people just say, f- forgive, forgive and forget. Yeah. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Mm. Forgiveness is about remembering things in a different way. Mm. No, a in, a, in a way that doesn't you know, hurt and harm us. Mm. Uh, forgiveness is not excusing you know, uh, <laughs> and giving permission to other people to do it again. Mm. Uh, it's not denying you know, um, it's not denying and us being unwilling to face the pain uh, of injustice that has been done. It's not mm-hmm. condoning. You know, it's not pardoning. And it's not even reconciling. Mm. And I'll maybe yeah, they're ex- two very different things. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mm. So, so, so this is a very important insight. I want to repeat that. Uh, when people realize this, I think they're on the road of recovery. Mm. Um, the truth is when we forgive and I forgive, I let myself off the hook. Mm, I let the other out, That's right. I let mm. myself out of the cage. Mm. When I do not forgive, I'm the only one left with the pain and misery. Mm. And so when we do not forgive, we are in, in effect hand, handcuffed uh, to spend a day <laughs> or life uh, to the person uh, that we do not uh, necessarily want to be with. That's so true. Yes. I think it seems perhaps like a lot of people confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. What would you say is the difference between those two things? Uh, there, is a, there is a significant difference uh, between uh, basic reconciliation and forgiveness. Reconciliation mm. takes 
two people. Mm. And the past wrongs are discussed. Uh, usually both parties own their mistakes and the relationships and trust are restored. And people resume that relationship. Mm. They continue, maybe at first cautiously, <laughs> but they, they, but they, they still they, go, but, go but, somewhere together. That's right. Mm. While mm. forgiveness does not necessarily need, I mean, it may, mm. but it does not necessarily need to include um, a reconciliation. Mm. Uh, sometimes people have died and we cannot yeah, can. reconcile. Mm. Sometimes it's not safe. You know, to, to reconcile with some people because we It'd need be to be dangerous move. for your health or that's, that's physical right. health, mental health. Uh, but yeah. but, but uh, forgiveness is a different matter. Forgiveness, mm. according to Dr. Dick Tibbetts, is the process, and I'll listen to this very carefully, the process of reframing one's anger from the past with the goal of recovering one's peace or self-worth in the present and revitalizing one's purpose for the future. Uh, so forgiveness mm. does not change what happened. Forgiveness changes how I feel about what happened uh, and, why, and what it means to me. So it takes not two people to forgive. It takes one person to forgive. You just have to, well, find out the way that you can do it personally, I suppose. That's right. Hmm. So the understating about what forgiveness is and what it is not can certainly help us in the process of forgiveness. Some people, including some Christians, say we should just forgive and forget and move on and let it all go. <laughs> Is it that simple? Well, you know, I, I, I wish uh, it was that simple. Some people may see it that way, but probably they don't understand all the dynamics. Mm. Research shows that the greater the perceived injustice gap, uh, the more difficult it is for people to forgive. Oh, that's interesting. That's right. So the more you feel the pain, the more difficult to forgive. So there are two stages, according to research, and you know, a great man to read is Dr. Worthington, mm -hmm. Everett Worthington, who has written about 30 books on that topic. The first step in forgiveness is to make a choice to forgive. Well, without it, you can't <laughs> Intellectually, <much. laughs> Intellectually, yeah. we need to make that choice at our intellectual or decisional level. Mm. Uh, if we don't make that choice, we will never forgive. But that is not actually forgiveness, mm. as our hearts and our emotions may still battle with our mind. So the next step is emotional forgiveness, or letting go of the past hurt and choosing. Now, I repeat, this is, this is a powerful phrase. Repeating uh, is actually is, is mm. is choosing to remember it, our past in a different way. Mm, it's a good approach to take, you know, Absol removing yourself a bit from it, I think. Absolutely. Remember mm. it in a different way. So I, I would like to, to just briefly read a statement that a good friend of mine, uh, or actually somebody uh, uh, posted on, 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 the, on the Facebook. Mm. Uh, uh, this author, uh, Stephanie Lahart, uh, put this statement, she's a famous author apparently, mm. put this statement about forgiveness. She said, yes, a person can accept your apology, and forgive you, uh, f you for what you've said, but they, will never forget, but they will never forget how you made them feel at that very moment. Words can stick in a, in, in a person's mind, heart, and spirit long after the words have been spoken. Mm. Don't be in denial. Words have great power. Be wise when you speak. Hmm. It's an interesting statement, isn't it? I think it sounds pretty true, um, except that the memory of a past hurt can still cause some pain. Oh, that's spot on, um, that part of the statement. But they will never mm. forget how you made them feel at that very moment. To me, it sounds like regurgitating and letting that pain hit you again mm. and again. 
And so, so that's not really forgiveness. Or letting go or moving on. That's right. Mm. And someone said, actually, Adele, you know you have forgiven someone when he or she has harmless passage through your mind. Oh, Very interesting. Just quickly as we wrap up here, you've got a reach model that Dr. Worthington uses. Uh, can you just run through that? Really uh, very, very quickly. Mm. So Dr. Worthington said, follow the acronym REACH. Mm-hmm. E for, uh, uh, R for recall the event. Mm-hmm. E for empathize by trying to imagine the viewpoint of the other person. Mm. Uh, a stands for, that's mm-hmm. right. A stands for altruistically. Think about a time when you were forgiven and how that felt. C means, uh, stands for commit to doing, doing both decisional and emotional forgiveness. And H stands for hold tight to forgiveness and forgive yourself and others again and, and again as necessary. So it's very interesting, Good isn't advice. It? And just quickly, you, there's some stuff in the Bible about forgiveness as well. Can you share with us one of those passages where the Bible talks about forgiveness? I'll give you two in a nutshell. Oh, two, Jesus even said, better. Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, forgive uh, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. How can we do it? Remember Jesus on the cross. He was dying and he was saying, he reframed. And he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. It's a beautiful way that Jesus has modeled right. forgiveness, I That's think. That's right. And if we can... Well, maybe even just a little bit model that in our own lives. That'll be a good thing. With his help. Indeed. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, David. It's been wonderful having you in. And thank you too for sharing some information on this very important topic. You're listening to Faith FM. Stick around.